It's a, it's a privilege to, to be here tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for making me feel welcome. It's great to be here. C3 Cambridge. I actually grew up a little bit in this area. I lived over in, in Wembley for about three years. My, my brother actually went to Wembley Primary. I went to City Beach High School, uh, which I think Jess's dad went to City Beach High School. Oh, we weren't in the same year. I have to remind you of that. Uh, there's, not, there's not too many more determined people on this planet, in my mind, uh, than, the, than the two ladies that have led us so far tonight, in Jess and Amanda. Uh, you guys are amazing, amazing young ladies. Love the, the perseverance in you, the ability in you to not give up. Uh, and you guys are so young and you're leading a church tonight. That's, that's cool. They've stepped up to the plate and they've said, yes, we want to. Uh, we love God so much. We love the house of God so much that we want to, we want to play our part. And so, uh, you guys are amazing. Well done. Can we give it up for Jess and for Amanda? So I, I've been on staff at C3 Church Hepburn Heights for the last 14 years, uh, and the last two years in the role of exec pastor, uh, supporting Pastor Jason M, our lead pastors, who are also the state directors for C3WA. And so basically, when they have an idea, I just go and run and make it happen. And uh, it's amazing when you're serving under visionary leaders who have a million ideas every two minutes. You've actually got to discern, which idea shall I run with and which idea shouldn't, shouldn't I run with? Should I just leave by the wayside? But I love, I love C3. I love the unique flavor that God has put on this movement that, that you're a part of, that we're a part of. I love the the emphasis on connect, the emphasis on connection with God and connection with people and, and taking the presence of God, uh, not just leaving it in a church building, not just leaving it in our family home, but taking it, His presence, taking His light, taking His love out into that community that is in such desperate need of His life-changing power. Jesus is the answer. Do you agree with me? Jesus is the answer. And guess what plan is God's plan. God's plan is that His answer, Jesus Christ, would actually flow through you and me, through the church. Sometimes I question that plan. <laughs> Why? Why would you want to use us? Why would you want to use me? Uh, I've been married for 15 years now to my beautiful wife, Karen. We've got three uh, smashing kids, Harrison, Beth, and Lucy, who's 15 months, and she's just gorgeous. wish I could have brought her and just sat her here, but she would have been way too distracting. Uh, apart from Jesus and, and his church and my incredible family, uh, I'm passionate about fitness. Yes, I do go to the gym now and again. Uh, <laughs> I'm passionate about good coffee. Yes, I'm, I'm in good, good company here. I'm passionate about a good burger. I love a good burger. And I'm also, I'll, I'll see what response I get for this. I'm a passionate Western Bulldogs member. <laughs> we got absolutely thumped today, but we are the reigning premiers. So today I want to encourage us, C3 Cambridge. I want to encourage and stir us with a message called Press On. Now, I've mentioned my son, Harrison. He's uh, almost nine years old and he is in his second year of Auskick. Anyone here ever play Auskick? Yeah, yeah, a few Auskickers out there. So this is his second year and yesterday he won Best Player 
uh, for the first time he's won best player on, on the ground for his team and he was just so chuffed. And I love this year his intent to go for the ball. Uh, it, it wasn't always like that and last year he was kind of hanging around at the pack a little bit, not really wanting to go in. But this, this year I've loved his intent to see the ball and to get the ball. He loves tackling, he loves just getting in there and when he stuffs up one time, he goes back in there and he gets the ball and as I said, it wasn't always like that. Last year, as a father, it was very challenging watching my son play Auskick because he would hang around the edges and he wouldn't really want to get involved. And I remember this one particularly rainy, wet, cold day. It was like a blizzard had hit uh, Perth. And so we go down to the ground and I'm trying to rev him up and he, he likes, um, he's like, Dad, put on Eye of the Tiger uh, as we're driving. It's his rev up music. And so we've got that going and he's all pumped up and then we walk out and, he, and it's rainy and he goes, Dad, I don't want to play. I'm like, come on, mate, have a go. Just, you'll be fine. Once you run around a bit, you'll get all warm and then, and then you'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll do awesome. And so he's like, okay, Dad. And uh, it was one of those uh, one of those days where I, I could only watch the first quarter. I had to go off and meet with a connect group leader from our church. And so I watched his first quarter, and he was awesome. It was probably his best quarter of the whole year. He got in there, and he was sloshing around and sliding around and getting the ball. I don't know how many kicks or possessions he had, but he was in there, and he was getting his hands dirty. And I so quarter time, I ran up to him, and, and I was just a proud dad. I said, dude, that is awesome. That, that was a great first quarter. But I want, I want you to press on. I want you to, to continue just cracking in for the last three quarters. And who knows, you may win the best player award. And he's like, okay, dad. And so I went off and met with a connect group leader. And I'm on my way home. And you know, your hopeful dad in me. I'm like, oh, I wonder how he went. I hadn't heard from Karen yet. Hadn't got a text. And I'm like, are they, did he win best player? And they want to surprise me when I get home. It's always good to have hope. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting myself a little bit worked up. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting pretty excited. And so I kind of bound through the door at home. And I'm, I'm kind of looking around, looking for a certificate. And uh, I see Harry's in a nice warm bath. And I said, how'd you go for the rest of the game, mate? And he's like, yeah, good. Yeah, good. I'm like, okay. Okay, that's all right. Yeah, yeah. And I walked into Karen, down, downstairs and to see Karen. And I'm still looking for this certificate, this best player award. And uh, I say, hey, babe, how did he go for the last three quarters? And she just goes, <laughs> my heart dropped. He, had, he touched the ball one more time for the whole game. And then the last, the whole last quarter, he doesn't mind me sharing this, by the way. The whole last quarter, he stood in the same spot for the whole quarter. And my heart just sank. I was frustrated. I was so frustrated. I had so much hope because he'd started so well. And I asked myself, why did I get so frustrated? He's eight. It's Auskick. doesn't really matter. But don't you, don't you get it with me when that frustration, when you see someone start so well, start something so well, start with verve, start with momentum, start with passion only to see that unfulfilled potential, only to see them stop. There's a frustration in us as human beings when we see that sort of stuff happen. Why? Why do we get deflated? Why do we feel frustrated when people start so well and peter out? Why does it impact us? Why does it affect us 
so much. Maybe a friend who's got a business idea and they've started so strong with this business idea, but then they hit some hurdles and then they decide to call it quits. Maybe it's our spouse who's got this passion in their hearts to start something and they start it, but then it peters out. Maybe it's a sibling or a child who falls short of their goal. Maybe it's a person new to the Christian faith who they discover Christ and his love and and everything seems to be going so incredibly well as they grow, only for them to get distracted after a while and to move away from God. Maybe it's our own frustrations. Probably most of the time. (laughs) It's our own frustrations when we know what God has put in us. We know the goals and the dreams and the purpose that God has put in us. We know what, we know what we're capable of. We've had that revelation that, that you and I, we're a son and a daughter of the Most High, that there's greatness upon us, that we were created in the image of God. And we've got these dreams gurgling away, bubbling away in us. But we can't seem to get over that first hurdle or that second hurdle or that challenge that comes our way or that disappointment. Or that negative word that someone says to us. Why? Why does that frustrate us? We don't like waste, do we? I mean, we're very environmentally friendly uh, as, a, as a nation these days. I think that's the only thing that my kids get taught at school. It's all my kids come home saying, How's, how'd you go in maths and, and, and science and spelling? Oh, that doesn't matter, Dad, but you need to recycle. <laughs> We don't like waste, though. We don't like wasted talent. We don't like wasted opportunities. We know that life is short. We get frustrated because it reminds us again of what's on the inside, that unfulfilled potential that's on the inside of us personally that we can get frustrated by. And also, it, it frustrates us because we know the lengths that Jesus Christ went to to purchase life to the full. Jesus died on that cross And he destroyed the power of sin over humanity. He rose from the grave on the third day and he destroyed the power of death. The two enemies that stood in the way of humanity, sin and death, Jesus destroyed the power of those so that you and I could live our lives to the full. We know what he went through for us. And can I say tonight, can I encourage us all that for each one of us, there's more. There's more. We haven't yet reached that potential that God has put on the inside of us. There is more. There are more people to reach. There are more lives to change. There's more light to shine in this dark community. There is more. There is more freedom for you and I to step into individually. There's more for us to step into. And my hope today is that we would be stirred to press on, to not settle to not settle for what we've known, to not settle for where we find ourselves right now, but to be reminded by what Jesus has done and to press on, to press on. Let's turn to Philippians 3, 7 to 14. Philippians 3, 7 to 14. I think the scriptures might be coming up on the... Yeah, you guys are technologically advanced Philippians 3, 7 to 14, here, here Paul is, is encouraging the church here, using his own example of what or who motivates him to press on. I'm going to read a bit of a chunk of Scripture. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. 
Strong words. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite knowledge, sorry, the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage. Everybody say garbage. So that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. Thank God for that. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Again, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. There's so much gold, so much meat, so much biltong. Sorry, previous conversation with Kenyon. Uh, In that scripture, so tonight, really quickly, three keys to help us unlock a fresh enabling, a fresh empowering, a fresh ability to press on in whatever season we're in. The first key is to know what we are pressing on to. What is the foundation point? What are the the nuts and bolts reason, the purpose for you and I to press on to what we need to keep coming back to? What's our center point? What's our focus? And Paul says he once thought that certain things were in that place of priority, in that place of ultimate purpose. Things like doing the family name proud. Things like gaining as much knowledge so that he could be smarter than everybody else. Things like ticking all the how to live well boxes, using every effort he could muster in order that honor and prestige would be afforded to him. Maybe it's something else for you and I that takes number one spot, number one priority and purpose. And it could be good things. It could be career. It could be making money. It could be pleasing people, making sure people are okay with us, our friends, our parents, our siblings, our colleagues at work. Maybe it's about happiness. Maybe it's about a thriving ministry. Maybe it's about comfort. Now, there's nothing necessarily wrong with all of these things. But none of them are the ultimate thing. None of them are meant to be in that place where God is meant to be. See, they can't handle that title. They can't handle that position. Those things will crumble under the expectation that we place them under if they are put in number one spot. Remember in the year 2000. Wow, is there people here born after the year 2000? There'd be plenty. Man, maybe I am as old as your dad, Jess. The year 2000, I'm finishing my legal studies degree. I'm working part-time at Kmart and I just got a girlfriend. And so it's all happening. And then I decided to do Bible college as well. What an idiot. Uh, 
That all turned out all right. But anyway, we're doing Bible college, and the then youth pastor at the time, Pastor Darren Holcrum, he said, look, I'm going to create these two youth intern positions. They're going to be paid positions, and, uh, yeah, we're going to have two people that come in, they get paid one day a week to basically run high schools and, and help run the youth ministry. And so there was two positions, and there were three people going for these two positions. And I was one of them. And I was like, oh, man, if I could get paid, if I could work at church, if I could be a youth intern, oh, oh man, I'm going to be the bomb. I'm going to be so popular. I'm going to be so cool. Uh, it's just a great, it's a great job to have. And my focus was so much on, on the prestige. Hello, gorgeous. Uh, the prestige of, of getting that position. And guess what happened? I didn't get that position. Two other people got those positions. And I know now that God was, he was refocusing me. He was basically saying, dude, get with the program. It's not actually about the power, the prestige of getting that position. It's actually about me. I took my eyes off God and he was realigning me to who was most important. And so what is most important? What was Paul saying is most important? He says that everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite knowledge of knowing Christ. And for the sake of Christ, Paul had discarded everything. Everything. Counting it as garbage, as rubbish, as something to be thrown away so that he could gain Christ. Now, he'd experienced life. He'd experienced popularity. He'd experienced what it it was like to be the smartest person, the most holiest person, the person who lived right. He was a Pharisee. He knew what it was like to put, place those things as most important in his life. He's saying these words right now. All of those other things he counted as garbage. He was willing to throw away for the sake of knowing Christ. Can we say that? Can you and I say that? In our lives right now, exactly where we're sitting right now, with the complexity of our lives, can we say that compared to knowing Jesus Christ, everything else is garbage? And look, it's really important. And that's okay. It's it's, it's, it's good to be honest with ourselves. And it's really important that we as followers of Jesus, we as, as human beings, we take stock. We ask ourselves these questions regularly. Is Christ number one? Because we all have this tendency to wander, don't we? We all want to look at the baby. We don't want to listen to me preaching. We all want to look at the baby. We're so easily distracted. But here's the thing I love about the Christian faith. It's unlike every other faith system on this planet, probably because every other faith system on this planet is man-made. But the Christian faith is not about getting ourselves back in line with rules and regulations. We're getting our philosophy right. The Christian faith is about relationship. And so when we find ourselves wandering, when we find ourselves distracted, when we find ourselves at a place where those other things have been put in that number one priority, God is so gracious. He's so faithful. His arms are open wide and all we have to do is come to Him. Repent. 
Turn away from those things. Turn to God. Receive his forgiveness. And he will strengthen us. He will empower us to continue pressing on with him as number one. I love that. I love that. God is a God of grace. And because he's meant to be in that position of being number one, he can handle it. He can handle it. He's got bigger muscles than Jess and I. He can handle being in that position. He's God. God doesn't crumble at your challenges and your problems. God doesn't go, oh, no, I didn't expect that to happen. Oh, uh, uh, and he just slowly backs out of your life really slowly. That's not God. He can handle it. He's faithful. Sorry, I'm spitting. He's trustworthy. He can handle it. And as we come to him, freedom's available. Strength is available. Courage is available to stare down that fear and say, no more. No more. You're not going to have the better of me anymore. The resources of heaven are available to you and I. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is on the inside of us. My goodness. That changes the game. Lip, that changes the game. And then when he's number one and we're living in that zone where heaven is being poured out onto us, all the other things that we once placed as number one, our relationships, our finances, our careers, when God is put in that number one spot, when Jesus Christ is who we're pressing on to, is who our focus is, those other things, they get enhanced. Those other things work out. Those other things are blessed. We don't have to worry about those other things when God is number one. That's what life to the full looks like. A life to the full that comes as a result of knowing Jesus Christ. And so how can we be reminded that Christ is our purpose? Christ is who we're pressing on to. Well, it's, it's about engagement. It's about engaging with God. It's about coming near to God so that he will come near to us. Sometimes we're going, come on, God, you've got to take the first step. Come on, God, you've got to, you've, I'm waiting. And God's saying, I just want you to take a step. Because God responds to faith. And sometimes all the faith we can muster is to take one step towards him. But that's all he needs. All he needs is a mustard seed of faith. For us to open our heart and say, God, I don't have that much strength right now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through, but you know what? I'm just going to take a step of faith. I'm going to come near to you and I'm going to believe that you're going to come in and you're going to make a way. You're going to bring that answer, bring that solution that I need. Engage with God in our prayer life. I love actually going on prayer walks. Lake Gwellup. Jess, you should do it sometime. I'm sure you do. Uh, but prayer walks around Lake Gwellup. People say, oh, you get distracted all the time when you're prayer walking. I'm like, I get distracted if I'm sitting still and looking around the room and, oh, yeah, God. I, I prefer prayer walking. And so 
it's only something that I've recently started doing. And so maybe it's time for us to mix up the way that we do prayer, the way that we engage with God to bring that fresh reminder of Him being our purpose. Engaging with the Word of God. This year I've started uh, listening to the Bible on a podcast. It's called the Daily Audio Bible or DAB. And I didn't make, I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up. Uh, and so I go to, actually, I go to the gym and I'm, I'm listening to the Daily Audio Bible every single day. It's just automatic. And, you know, there's stuff that does stick in. It does stay with me, listening to the Audio Bible. And so maybe it's something that we can do, mixing it up with the Bible, with our engagement, engaging with our church community. It's, pe- it's people sitting next to us encouraging us, spurring us on, that can help us be reminded that Christ is our focus. And so get connected, volunteer, give, get into Connect Group. That young adult Connect Group sounds awesome. Jump into that, get connected, engage with our church community to be reminded that Jesus is who we press on to. Key number two to pressing on is to know where we are on the journey. It's to know where we are on the journey. Paul says in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. He had a clear picture of what he was pressing on to. But he also knew exactly where he was at. Like he's like, I I haven't got there yet. I'm not there yet. Anyone here like me uh, like to run their petrol tank down like, yeah? I like doing it for fun. My wife, she gets, she freaks out. As soon as she sees that red light, ah, Ben, we've got to get petrol. I'm like, babe, we've got like another at least 50 Ks. We're good. And so I work out how many more like trips we have to do before we have to get. But at some point I have to come to my senses. I have to humble myself and I have to have a good estimation of where I'm at in life, aka where I'm at with my petrol. And I have to go and get petrol. For some of us, or for all of us, at some point, hopefully at regular moments, we have to get realistic about where we're at on our journey. Are we empty? Are we close to empty? Do we need filling up? Have we reached our destination yet? It's important to know where we're at on this journey that God has us on. It's an incredible journey. It's an incredible purpose that God has called each one of us onto. But just like Paul, we haven't yet got there. We haven't yet achieved all the things that God has called us to achieve. That dream, that relationship, that revelation, that career, that business, that passion. We're on the way, but we're not there yet. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? That just like Paul, we haven't reached that place yet. But it's also beneficial. It's actually good to know where we're at. Just like me with the petrol. It's good to know where I'm at with my petrol. So I can actually do something about it. It's good to know where we're at because it keeps us humble. It keeps our eyes focused on Christ. And it's also motivating because it means that we can't rest, we can't settle, we can't sit back on what has been, on the past achievements. But it will motivate us to continue to press on. So what has really helped me in knowing where I'm at and being encouraged in where I'm at on this journey is church community is people. Having great, incredible people around me who can keep encouraging me, who can keep me grounded, who can tell me to slow down sometimes. Uh, Pastor Phil Pringle says that 90% of our future is wrapped up in those around us. And so there are people here who are pivotal to you pressing on in 2017 and beyond.
There are people here who will spur you on and who, who will encourage you. And it's so that's why it's so pivotal that we're connected in church. We've got a great church community around us who can encourage us. And so can I encourage us to let people in? Give permission to let the right people in, to speak into our worlds, to say, hey, Ben, you need to get a bit better at that. Hey, Ben, maybe you should go in that direction. Hey, Ben, keep going, man. You're doing awesome. Who is that for us? Have we got someone that comes straight to mind when we think of someone who we can open up to and give permission to speaking into our lives? If we don't, pray. Ask for God to open the door for someone to be able to speak into our lives. And the last key to pressing on is how we press on. It's to know how we press on. Paul says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. It's generally easier to start something than to finish, right? Whether it be keeping fit, creating better habits, being active in church, having our personal prayer time, sharing our faith, that business idea, it's easier to start than continue because things are going to come up against us. There's going to be challenges. We're going to lose motivation. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to mess up. What's going to happen in those moments? Are we going to shirk back? Are we going to shrink back? Are we going to give up? Oh, I failed. That's it all over. Or are we going to press on? How do we do that? How do we press on? And I had that moment. Last year, we, I take a team up from our church to the Pilbara every year. And uh, last year, I was like, really? Haven't I done my dash? Haven't I kind of done what you've called me to do, God? My daughter was, my, my new daughter was only kind of two months old and so Karen was going to stay home with her and, and, and my other daughter. And I was like, can't someone else do this? I'd, I'd given it four years. We hadn't really seen the kind of things that God had shown me that we would see. And I had a moment. And I said, no. There's lives that could be changed. There's lives that could be transformed. There's people groups. There's revival that could take place if I just keep going. And so we led this team and it was an incredible trip last year. And we've just come back from the trip this year, fifth year, fifth trip. It was incredible because we got to go into three communities that we'd never gone into before. We got to lift up the name of Jesus and preach the gospel. And we saw 25 people make decisions for Jesus in those communities. What if I'd said, nah, last year was enough? What if I'd given up? What if I'd decided to throw in the towel? 25 lives. Twenty-five lives. Every one of those count to Jesus. And we could say, Oh, God's just gonna come and meet them supernaturally. 
by a, by a spirit or in a burning bush or parting some kind of Red Sea. His plan on planet Earth today for the message of Jesus Christ going to the ends of the earth. His plan is you and me. His plan is the church. And we're not going to fulfill that plan that God has for us if we quit. And this is the great thing. I'm looking around here and I'm not seeing any quitters. I'm seeing men and women who say, no, I'm going to press on. I'm not giving up. You can't get rid of me that easily. Jesus Christ is the answer. He's flowing through his church. There's more lives to be changed. And so we're going to press on. And so I want to pray for some people. Now, Paul says, how do we press on? He says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. The, The past can be a weight for us. It can hold us back. It can keep us limited. It can keep us in that average life. And today I believe that as we respond to this prayer, there is going to be a breakthrough. There is going to be a freedom from the past. Maybe it's disappointment. Maybe it's unforgiveness. And you might be reading this and going, Paul, forget? You're just asking me to forget the past? It sounds so flippant. It just takes, takes one choice. To not let that thing that has happened affect us anymore and then it's going to take another choice tomorrow and then it's going to take another choice the next day but it starts with a choice and there's power in that choice as we say today I am going to forget those things I'm not going to let those things of my past hold me back anymore I'm not going to let the disappointment of the past with this church community hold me back anymore today's the day that the weight is lifted off. Today's the day those chains are broken. And so I want to pray for people who want to break free and forget the past today. I also want to pray for people who want to look forward, but you're feeling hazy. You're feeling like there's a lack of clarity. You're kind of like, I can't see anything for my future. I believe as we respond to this prayer today, God's going to bring a clarity. The Holy Spirit is going to bring a clarity. He's going to remind us of those dreams and those goals and that vision that He's given us, and He's going to empower us. This is going to be a moment of impartation of strength and power and courage to forget the past and to look forward to press on. And so why don't we close our eyes? If that's you, if you're struggling to forget the past, if the past is like a looming shadow affecting every future decision, every future action, and today you want to forget the past, you want to make your first choice to let go today, to break those chains today, I want you to do something really courageous and just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet so I can pray for you. If you want to forget the past, you want to let go today, if you want to make that choice, awesome. 
And if you're looking forward to the future and, and, and it's fuzzy, it's hazy, there's no clarity and you're kind of like, God, what am I pressing on to? I don't know. I want clarity. If you want clarity for your future tonight, why don't you stand to your feet as well? I want to pray for you. Awesome response. God is so proud of you. For this act of faith, it might not seem like a big deal, but he knows your heart. He knows your hurt. He knows your your challenges and your struggles. He's felt them at the very depth of his heart. And so Holy Spirit, why don't you come? Come upon these incredible men and women of faith today. We declare a breaking free of the past, a forgetting of the past in the name of Jesus. We declare the power of heaven right now, breaking through, Lord God, those chains breaking through that weight, holding back in the name of Jesus. Today is the day, we declare, where we're no longer going to be affected by the past. Today we choose to forget. Today we choose to move forward by your grace and by your power and by your spirit. Come, bring healing. Come, bring strength. Come, bring forgiveness in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for those who are looking forward, who have a desire in their heart, God, for, for what's to come. God, I pray you'll remind them, God, of a dream, of a prophetic word, of a scripture, God, from their, from, from days gone, Lord, of what their future is going to look like. We declare, God, that vivid color would come again to their future. Vivid color, vivid clarity would come again to the plans and the purpose that you have for their life. That they would be reminded once more that you have called them on this planet for a purpose. And that God, I pray for the next step, the next step to be clear, that passion, that dream in their heart to start burning God, to start, to start bubbling up again, that Lord, they would begin to declare those things, Lord God, as if they already were. And it's important that you are declaring those things that God's showing you tonight, that clarity, that dream he's reminding you of, to begin declaring it, to begin declaring it into the atmosphere of your life, into your tomorrow, into the next day. And so, God, we thank you for clarity coming. Holy Spirit, come. Remove the debris. Remove the fuzziness. Remove the haze, God, and bring a vivid color to people's future today. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Last thing. I know I've gone long. Apologize for that. Accept my apology. I just want to give anybody here who has not accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior an opportunity to respond today. Paul was a man, a very religious man, who had come to a point in his life, as we read, saying that compared to knowing Christ, everything else is garbage, everything else is rubbish. 
And I don't, I don't know about other people here, but I can attest to that. Oh, silly emotions. To me, knowing Christ is everything. Sorry, it's not in my notes. I'm not going for the sympathy salvation here. But compared to everything else, and you heard the way I talked about my family, knowing Christ is number one. And so if you don't know Christ, He wants to know you. He wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to come close to you. When he hung on that cross for the sin of the world, it was for your sin as well. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he wants to be in relationship with you. What do you have to do? Do you have to come to church every week or read the Bible every day? No. They're good things that will come later. It's about our heart. And so I want to give every person an opportunity in our heart to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So why don't you close your eyes if you've never done it before. Or maybe you once did it, but you're sitting here tonight and you feel distant. You feel distant to God. You, know, you don't know whether you're in relationship with God. We're going to pray a prayer. I want us all to pray this prayer out loud. Starting or restarting a relationship with God. I want every person, Christian as well, praying this out loud. It's a prayer beginning a relationship with God, opening the door of our heart to allowing Him to come in. Let's pray this out loud. Dear God, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I'm sorry. Forgive me for my sin. Today I declare... Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. Help me on this journey. Fill me with your spirit. Pour out your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can open your eyes. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you're restarting a relationship with God, congratulations. It's awesome. Make sure you say Tell someone. You tell someone in this church, yeah, I, I made that decision tonight. I prayed that prayer for the first time and I meant it. It's important that we, after this step, we take another step. And we take the next step in discovering what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so congratulations if you did that for the very first time or you restarted a relationship with God. Make sure you, you tell someone, thank you so much for having me here tonight. I'm available to pray. If anyone wants to come and wants some more prayer tonight, I'm here. Love to be able to pray with some people. You guys are amazing. Thank you.